You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the 13th chapter of the Mishnah of Shabbat, and we were talking about dual liability. Dual liability in the sense of hunting. So, a deer enters a house and one person locks it. Chayav, he's liable. And we learn that if two people lock it, they're exempt because between them they between them they might have completed the action, but individually neither one of them has locked the house. And we learn that the action of hunting, the Avmalacha, the archetypal creative act of hunting, in the language of the Mishnah is more what we would call trapping in today's language. In other words, it's not running around with a gun or a, or a spear and killing the animal. It is, it's holding it in a place that it can't get out. If, pe- if two people do this together, they're exempt. And we couldn't really think, it was difficult for us when we discussed this mission yesterday of thinking about situations where two people can jointly shut a, um, shut a deer in a house. I mean, we can think of them both jointly shutting the door, perhaps. Or perhaps, but in any case, the Mishnah continues these um, boundary cases of two people working together in the next Mishnah. Yashafa echad al hapetach velo Mil'ahu. So someone sat down in the doorway, but didn't fill it. So in this case, the the deer is inside the house, but there's a doorway open, so it's not trapped. And someone sat down in the doorway, but hasn't really blocked off the exit of the deer. And the Mishnah continues, Yashafa Sheni Umilahu. The second person sits down and fills it. Hasheni Chayav. So in this case, they've both blocked the entrance, but the person that's liable is considered to be the second one because the second one has created the definitive act of blocking. The first person is part of the block, but when the first person sits down, the the, the deer is not blocked in. Let's continue. Yashafa Rishon al-Hapetach umilahu. So the first person sits first person sits down in the doorway and fills it completely. So we so we sense intuitively that this first person is going to be liable because he has blocked the deer from running out of the house. But the Mishnah continues, and someone else comes and sits next to him. And the assumption is that this person is also blocking the doorway. And the Mishnah continues, P. So the second one comes and sits at his side, clearly blocking the space. Even if the first one stands up and goes away, the first is still liable and the second is exempt. Because when the first person sits down and blocks, he's blocking in the deer. When the second person sits down and blocks, he's not really doing anything. The deer is already blocked. And the Mishnah clarifies. 
halamaze dumay. So what what is this similar? To someone who shuts his house to guard it. So someone walks out of his house and locks the door. And a deer is already sitting there, blocked in. So maybe the door is shut in the house. The deer is already caught in the house. The deer is already caught in the house. And what he's done is to is to lock the door. He's locked the door on a deer that's already caught in. So in, in other words, the principle that the Mishnah is trying to elucidate is that in order to be liable to bring a sin offering, we have to, if you like, we have to carry out the whole of an action from beginning to end. We have to, we have to lock in, the action has to, we have to begin with a deer that can escape and end with a deer that cannot escape. We have to do the whole thing or we're not liable. And that's, it, I mean, that's the principle with which the 13th chapter concludes. And we know actually that the last chapter in the, um, the last Mishnah in any chapter is always significant. And interestingly enough, we're going to learn tonight the first Mishnah of the next chapter, which interestingly enough carries on talking about hunting, but then goes on to talking about wounding. In other words, about really about, you know, what we now call hunting. In other words, going out with a spear or a gun and actually wounding an animal. And in order to understand this, we need to know that there's a list of creepy crawly things in Vayikra. It's in the Parsha of, um, hang on, it's in the 11th chapter, it's in, uh, okay, the Parsha will come back to me. These will be the unclean things to you among the creeping things that creep on the earth. And now there's a list we don't know what all these things are, by the way, but there's a list of eight objects. Hacholed, um, that's definitely a rat, or a mouse. Hachbar, that's a mouse. Hatsav, I would say that's a tortoise in modern Hebrew. And then some things that we don't really understand what they are. They're kinds of lizards. Hachanakar, five kinds of lizards so five kinds of lizards with the rat and the mouse and the tortoise make a total of eight and these are the eight which the 14th chapter of the mishnah begins with the eight creeping things which are spoken of in the torah that's this list of eight in vayikra Someone who hunts them or someone who wounds them is liable. So we know that hunting is an archetypal act of creation. It's an avmalacha. Wounding seems to be as well. And the commentators disagree as to why wounding is. Maybe it's a derivative of slaughter. Maybe wounding an animal is, is, is a, associated with slaughtering the animal. And we know that slaughtering is an avmalacha, an archetypal act. The Ramban says it's to do with dying, actually. So maybe it's to do with dying, that something changes colour when blood is released. 
or maybe it's to do with um there's there's probably there might be another of malacha that we can connect it to as well actually but let's start let's keep in mind anyway slaughtering and dying so hachovel bahen chayav someone who wounds them is liable but interestingly the mishnah seems to differentiate between and the other creepings and other, obon- obon- other abominations and creeping things someone who wounds them is exempt the Gemara suggests that the first eight have got leather which is useful so there's a useful thing to be um, uh, carried out uh, in hunting them or perhaps they've got a skin and the when the blood flows, it colours their skin. It, it we're not clear as to what the differentiation is between the eight and the others, but the Mishnah does offer us a principle: someone who hunts them for need is liable. So maybe they need them, for example, for medicine or for their leather or for another purpose. If they don't need them, they're exempt. And following the same principle that we learned when we learned about carrying on Shabbat. Remember, we learned that the minimal quantity for carrying is something that is worth keeping. If it's not worth keeping, then there's no liability for carrying it on Shabbat. And the same seems to apply to wounding. If you wound an animal just because you don't like it, you throw a stone at an animal because you're angry with it, there's no liability. If you, if well, other than throwing, let, let's leave throwing the stone at a side for a minute. But other than throwing the stone, there's no liability for wounding the animal. But if you need the animal for something, if we're going to make medicine out of the animal, then there's an obligation. And then the Mishnah con- concludes, If we've got um, an animal or a bird in our own domain, so it's already domestic. It's already sitting in our farmhouse, in our chicken coop. Hatsadan patur. Someone who who traps it is exempt, clearly because it's already trapped. And that's following the principle we learned at the end of the 13th chapter. But someone who wounds them is liable, just as we've learned, because there will be a liability either for slaughtering or for... Um, discoloring or, or, or for whatever reason thank you for listening to this edition of the daily mishnah podcast with benedict <laughs>